Welcome to the Missing Chapter Podcast, where you will hear some of the least known, obscure, and entertaining stories the history textbooks left out. Starring Phil Horander and Phil Schaff. A warm, crackling fire. The aroma of a turkey bronzing in the oven. Is there a more American holiday, Phil, than Thanksgiving? I'm not sure there is, Phil. And let me add this to the picture you're painting for our listeners. What's on the television? Well, that would be the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, of course. It's as iconic to this holiday as the mashed potatoes and the apple pie. You're absolutely right, Phil. And on this bonus episode of The Missing Chapter, we'll lay out the history of and the story behind the world's most famous parade. And we'll usher in Thanksgiving like only we can. Happy Thanksgiving, Missing Chapter fans. Settle in while the Phils serve up a hearty helping of stories past. Welcome back, Missing Chapter fans. You're listening to the Missing Chapter podcast. You're here with Phil Horner and Phil Schaff on a Thanksgiving Day bonus special. I guess, Phil, I'd like to think maybe in a perfect world people are making dinner, they're working on the turkey and all the fixings, and maybe we're on in the background, and, and we're part now of that uh, family tradition. Wouldn't if, that be nice? It would be nice. If only we had like a crackling fire mm-hmm. in the back, just like we said in the intro. We have coffee. We do have coffee. Do Cheers, have coffee. my friend. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, you know, it, it's kind of the overlooked holiday. It's, it's in between the very, you know, in-your-face capitalistic Halloween, which is great. We love Halloween in our house. Then we kind of jump right to Christmas, which I know in your house is the sacred holiday. I feel like Thanksgiving is the bridge between the two, and it really is just a nice holiday. It, it, it's based around eating, football, and family. And no pressure, right? right. I mean, other than, other than you know cooking up this massive meal, yeah. which takes 14 hours to prepare, mm-hmm. 14 seconds to finish. <laughs> if you have two kids like we do, yep. it takes 14 seconds for everything to be destroyed. But no, it's in, in all seriousness, it's one of those holidays where I feel like if you ask a typical person on, on the street, hey, what's your favorite holiday? I think a lot of people would, would actually pick Thanksgiving over Christmas for that very fact. Yep. Less pressure and buying presents for everybody and making everyone happy, and it's just gathering around the kitchen table. Yeah, I, you know? I, I think so. And, and you know, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade really is one of these things where if I reflect on my own childhood, like, it, it, was, it was always on. It's a I staple. I can honestly say yep. that it's a staple. And, you know, there was the concern... You know, it, it, when does it start? I want to see it from start to finish. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to miss anything. And, yep. you know, we're going to get into a lot of that today. And, and a lot of this stuff I, I was completely unaware of. Uh, yeah, oh, me too. And that was something that you brought up, um, you know, weeks before recording this. You said, hey, I think we, we need to do a Thanksgiving special because, you know, we had the Halloween special, which, yeah. which turned out great. That was fun. Um, big thank you to Kathleen Kinmont for, um, you know, doing a, a special recording for us. Yep. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. So here we are with a Thanksgiving special. And uh, usher in the new season here. We're at the close of 2023 already. Which doesn't seem possible Unbelievable. Either. I know it. So, you know, when we talk about the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and we talk about the, the beginning of it, there's so many parts to this that make sense. And what I mean by that is that we're talking about New York City in the Roaring Twenties. Mm-hmm. You know, economically, things are great. So it seems only fitting that... Um, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade kind of kicked off its inaugural parade in 1924. Yep. Because the 20s are great. And you have to you have to remember a lot of this early stuff that we talked about. 
you know, it is a department store and it's based around how can we promote ourselves and sell things into the upcoming holiday season. Right. So that first um, parade was actually a Christmas parade in 1924. And it ended at Macy's because, they, hey, what better way? Stop here and, and let's kick off. We have our storefront done up. And uh, this is kind of the kickoff to the big uh, holiday shopping season. Have you ever been downtown I, New yes. York City when, when that has happened? Yes, when, and okay. seen Rockefeller Center and the tree, and you see Macy's still today. is just It looks fantastic. It's, yeah. it's a whole experience in and of itself. I've never been there for the parade itself, but no, I mean, you know, if you go down to where, where Macy's is located, and we, we always go there. And, mm-hmm. you know, during the Christmas season, we love going down and grabbing a, uh, you know, a show or you know, at least seeing the, the Christmas tree, yeah. which local history— couple years ago right was right. was the one from Sharon Springs was the one from Sharon Springs yeah 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 and um you know part of me would love to go down for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade it, to at least experience it once in my lifetime yeah my uh my cousin Kristen who lives who used to live in New York City had a, had a place where she would actually physically see out her window the floats going by pretty pretty awesome that so, is pretty cool hello to Kristen if you're listening so Phil when you think of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade what immediately comes to mind? What within the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? What do two what senses? Your, where does your mind go? Two sensory things, right mm-hmm. here. Uh, number one, the smell of food as my mom is cooking and preparing in the, in okay. the kitchen. All right, we had a we had a kind of a long ranch house, so everything is just mixing, right? So we have the the parade going on. I smell the the wonderful Marsha Schaff cooking, which mm-hmm. is unbelievable, second to none. And then secondly. Floats and balloons. The balloons, right? I mean, yeah. it's fun because, you know, that's what you remember as a kid, and I'm sure your your two daughters, you know, enjoy the most too, is seeing the yep. big balloons. Now, the big balloons have obviously changed over the years, but there are some staples. So, you know, today we kind of marvel at this this larger-than-life. You have Spider-Man, you have Big Bird, you have the updated, you know, the Minions, which the kids love. Yep. But the first-ever character balloon... Uh, it was in 1927, was actually Felix the Cat. Hmm. And not only was he the first balloon representing a popular movie character, but he was really one of the first oversized balloons in the parade's history. Now, also in that inaugural group, you had a dragon, an elephant, and a toy soldier. Okay, And although Felix has returned a few times, he's made some you know guest appearances after his uh, early debut, the character who's appeared the most, here's your first quiz. This is something that you can... Toss out at the Thanksgiving Day table this afternoon. The first, or excuse me, the most, um, uh, uh, the person who's made the most appearances as an oversized balloon, Snoopy. See, I, so, that was actually on my list. Yeah. I was trying to think as you were as you were providing that question. Mm-hmm. I was actually going to think Snoopy he's was probably top three. Top three. He's been in a total of 40 parades since 1968, and he's had seven different designs. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I think if we, we think of the parade, number one, you got to watch it live. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year was one of the very few years where, um, as the parade was happening, I hit record and then, uh, you know, we forget something. We had, I had to run to the store and I missed the beginning of it and it annoyed me. <laughs> so I come, I come back and I'm like, I, I'm not watching it live. It doesn't have that same effect. Right. Um, but the, the floats, the floats mm-hmm. of the things, uh, you know, the balloons, the floats, What's interesting, though, if we if we go back to that 1920s mm-hmm. um, rendition of this, it extended six miles in a hundred. The parade was six miles. It was long. six miles in 111 blocks. Was the original parade route? I mean, to put that in perspective, our cross country runners in high school run mm-hmm. a 5K. Right. That's 3.1 miles. They're doing a 10K. Yeah. 
So it was so long and so hard to manage that the floats had to be hitched to horses and led down the streets on hoof. Um, the route was then condensed a little bit to a manageable two and a half miles, uh, and the floats are now you know, towed by motorists and that kind of thing. And, and I think you're, you're going to get into, we, we had this conversation off air about you know, the people who are managing the balloons itself. But it wouldn't be feasible to fly these massive parade floats across the Hudson River to Manhattan from Macy's Parade Studio. So segments from each finished float are packed into a 12 by 8 foot box and shipped through the Lincoln Tunnel to the parade staging site where they can be reassembled. Um, I mean, it, pretty. if you really think about it, to have a parade that large in the largest city where the streets are not the widest, right? it's, it's a pretty remarkable feat. Um, and then the parade floats themselves, 300 pounds of glitter is used, 240 gallons of paint, 200 pounds of confetti, and more than a half mile of hand-sewn skirt and fringe wrap adorns these floats. Now, you talk about the size of some of those things that get put in the, the 12 by 18 foot boxes. To me, that's something like, you know, the uh, the camping tent from this summer that once it's out of that box, <laughs> once you've used it, you're like, there's no Forget way I can, I can get this back in that box. It's How toothpaste that... coming out of the toothpaste. Exactly. Now, Phil, we talk about like who a parade that size. Okay, and, and what it's developed and become over the years, you're talking about a lot of different people who go into carrying out that parade, making it happen. So I guess the question is, if you're sitting at home and you say, not only do I want to go to the parade at some point, I want to be a part of the parade. The caveat here is that you actually have to be associated with Macy's department store. Is that right? Now, over the years, it used to be the people who would actually you know, tether the balloons, be part of the float. You had to actually be employed. Now it's someone, hey, if you're not employed, it has to, you actually have to have someone associated with the department store. That's something that, that's held true over the years. Yeah. Okay. Now, the, the, the interesting thing about the balloons, you talked about, well, how do we get everything staged and to the, the parade? The balloons actually, at the end, would just be simply released. Right. Oh, so with, with no plans to deflate the balloons at the finish of the parade, handlers from 1927 to 1930 would simply let them fly away into the air. And in the first year of these airborne release, the balloons quickly popped after floating high enough. <laughs> they were redesigned to withstand higher altitudes the next year uh, when the new aspect of, of, of the parade began. And because some of the, the winds that they've had to, to endure, you know, you needed a stronger balloon. But here's the thing, Phil. Okay, in 1932, an aviation student spotted a Tomcat balloon floating at 5,000 feet. <laughs> Could you imagine? So instead of avoiding the balloon, this is what you guys expect at, at home now from the Missing Chapter podcast, the student instead rammed the plane into the cat's neck, getting it caught on the wings and setting the plate careening towards land. Thankfully, the instructor was able to take control of the plane at the last minute, saving them both. But after that incident, Macy said, you know what? Maybe this is a good sign to stop the popular balloon release at the end. We'll deflate it, maybe use it next year, but at least we're not going to cause any problems with aviation students and any planes nearby. There are so many things that are going through my head right now, if yeah. you just mentioned that. Number one, how American is that? Like yep. Instead of avoiding it, it's just going to go right at its neck. Let's yeah. go for it. And it's, I like the whole idea before like, that, too. It's like, how are we going to clean up? We're not. Yeah, just we're just going to go. release it. Why not? We're good. <laughs> Out of our hands. <laughs> I mean, it's going to get wrapped around a skyscraper. Right. Met, the I'm needle of the Empire right. State Building. I'm surprised they like, even made the it that far out of the... 
Like, where you did know, they think it was going to land? I don't know. I guess um, they didn't think that far ahead. The other thing I, I got thinking of is, is your, your parents said how they liked the Gotta Be Kitting Me right. episode. They, immediately. Did. they really did. <laughs> Leonard and Judy loved it. And, and admittedly, they said, you know what, we, we kind of chuckled at the conclusion to that. I don't want to give that away if you haven't listened to that episode, but uh, you'll, you'll understand if you do listen to that one. Yeah, the parallels between ramming the, the airplane into yeah. the neck of the cat and yep. the, uh, the ending of that episode. Um, yeah, that's fantastic, though. I think uh, what we'll do here is we'll go through some more fun facts mm-hmm. to uh, follow the break. Yeah. Hello, Missing Chapter fans. Welcome back from the break. Happy Thanksgiving yet again. And uh, second half of this episode here today, the bonus episode. Let's throw some fun facts at the listeners here today, Phil. Um, we we covered a lot in that short, yeah. you know, seven or eight minutes just now, but we got a lot left to go through here. Yep, here we go. Macy's is the second consumer of biggest consumer of helium in the world, Phil. <laughs> so the larger balloons take about twelve thousand cubic feet of helium to become fully inflated, meaning Macy's needs a huge, huge reserve for its staple each year. The second largest reserved, in fact, only after the U.S. government. That's insane. So government one. Macy's, Macy's department two? store number two. Wow. So what would happen, let's say, during a helium shortage like That's a happened great question. in 1958? Strong possibility the parade would have had no balloons at all. Uh, we're reading from the Taste of Home here from this, this article, which is pretty fantastic. The parade's organizers came up with an idea to fill the balloons with regular air and then hang them from large cranes. <laughs> That slowly toted them along the route. That's that's pretty that ingenious, dangerous, now, but ingenious. Now this next one, I'm I'm amazed at too. It takes a long time to inflate those mega balloons, but not as long as you'd think. Each balloon needs about approximately 90 minutes to be inflated, but it only takes 15 minutes to deflate. Now 90 minutes to inflate seems like a lot. There have been some pool toys, <laughs> if I'm being personal, that have taken me longer <laughs> to inflate. Than you know, the, the Snoopy Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade balloon. No joke, that is true. So you you started this entire episode with this this thought of during the Roaring Twenties, this is taking place. But what would happen during during times of depression, during times of war? Uh, the parade was actually canceled during World War II. So from 1942 to 44, Macy's canceled it entirely. They put the balloons to good use, though. They deflated them and, do- and donated <clears throat> the 650 total. Uh, excuse me, 650 pounds of rubber total to the U.S. government for use in the war effort, That's which amazing. is pretty remarkable. Yeah, that is a cool fact. So the person in charge of each balloon is called a balloon pilot, and their job is to walk in front of the balloon, direct the rest of the handlers on how to navigate the route. To become a pilot, the candidate for the job must be able to walk the entire, what is, you talked about the six-mile route, now it's yeah. a two-and-a-half-mile route, backward, without stumbling. Macy's offers balloon pilot training three times a year to prepare for the big day. It also makes me think of really, you know, between street signs, street lights, the buildings themselves, the people that are there, you know, watching, there is a lot of responsibility that comes with that. Completely. And so speaking of the of the pilots, the balloon pilots, the, the ropes that they're handling are actually called bones hmm. uh, because they're, they're trying to keep the the ropes as taut as possible throughout the entire parade so so it to not you know sway one way or the other left right you know uh forward or back so those uh they're, they're affixed to the bottom and the sides of the balloon and there's up to 90 people needed to anchor and navigate those those balloons that's amazing per balloon pretty remarkable again now the 
makeup of the parade will, will deviate uh, a little bit from year to year. But, Phil, here's some statistics on what you're going to see <clears throat> every time you watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Approximately 16 giant character balloons, 28 floats, 40 novelty and heritage inflatables, more than 700 clowns. Terrifying. 12, 12 marching bands from around the country and 10 performance groups. A host of musical stars, and of course, they wrap things up, ushering in Christmas in Santa Claus. That's the best part. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, again, you know, the, the whole purpose behind the Missing Chapter podcast is to talk about things that are obviously important and, and iconic in tradition in our lives that maybe you don't know before, and, and hopefully today helped to add to that. Absolutely. And, I, and as we, we usher in this, this uh, holiday season... Uh, I immediately think if we're going to talk Thanksgiving, let's be thankful. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe this could be part of the blessing before the Thanksgiving Day uh, meal is be thankful for filled seats. Filled seats around the, around the kitchen table this year. That sounds great, Phil. And thank you, and, and, you know, to you and to all of our listeners at the Missing Chapter podcast. We're going to continue to bring these uh, stories to you, and, and hopefully you guys continue to enjoy them. Happy, Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, I'm Phil Shaw. And I'm Phil Horander. Another chapter has been added to the history textbooks.